0: Well, so far you've heard my voice, but then I brought two friends along. Next on the mic is my man Jer. Come on, Jer, sing that song. <laughs> David Tyler, <laughs> subscribe now to the
1: OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app.
2: Oh, the shape that will get all the fans down. Can we not knock it? It's a Look not playing mind games, I am talking about facts. I always said if I was Aladiccio, they'd probably say I was more of a
0: tactical genius.
2: I
1: answer questions on anything. Uh, Religious, politics, uh, health, you know, sexual uh, problems.
2: Look at his face! Just look at his face! None of you except for those two have done anything to justify the money that you earn. None of you! Disgrace! And I suggest you shut up and show more football. Yes, you're very welcome along to Team 33, the football happier here in Off the Ball. We've done a fair bit on the League of Ireland ventures in Europe in the past, but tonight we're going to be focusing on the here and now of the League of Ireland in Europe. To do so, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined on the line by former Dundalk manager Shane Keegan. Shane, how are you getting on? Not too
1: bad as yourself.
2: I'm getting on grand, and Richie McCormick, who enters his hour 30 off his radio marathon hosting. Richie, you must be (laughs) tired at this point.
0: I'm so, so very tired at this stage, but yeah, absolutely worth it. Great pleasure as always to to fill in for Tom and also to to sit in the big chair on the show uh, the last two nights as well, but I am exhausted. Yeah, you're reminding me of the scene from Father Ted, you know, when Dougal
2: takes his face through the screen, he's like, and number 15 for the 16th week in a row is Father Jack Hackett.
0: Yeah, I can only aspire to being a broadcaster at the level of Father Dugan McGuire, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, like it's 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 great crack, but it's like I mentioned it to, mentioned it to Colin Mulaney there in the studio last night uh, off air saying doing the two, like doing a sports show and doing a music show is like doing that thing, especially when you're doing them in the one day. It's like that thing where you rub your belly or pat your head or the opposite way around doing them at the same time because they're just there's two completely different things and your brain is pulling in two completely different directions. But sure. I won't complain. This is what I get paid for.
2: Yes, and and we're we're chatting about your favorite thing, Bows. Tonight, we're t- chatting yes. about Dundalk as well. So, the lay of the land is the League of Ireland in Europe at the minute. If you haven't been watching or haven't been following, Bohemians won last night against Luxembourg side Dudelange, thank- uh, thanks to a Ross Tierney goal. 1 0 that game ended. Four goals in the first half in Tala last night as Dundalk drew 2 2 with Estonian side Lavadia. David McMillan, with another European goal. And following on from that, Bohemians will host Dudelange in the second leg in Aviva Stadium. 9,000 will be in, t- in attendance. The tickets went. Like that, the click of your fingers, and they were gone. And then in the third round, if Dundalk do get through, they'll be f- facing Vitez from Netherlands. Bohemians will face Greek side P P A O K. I don't know if you say their we'll full name or not. We'll go Pout, pout, pout. Yeah. Yeah, and and it, a really really hardcore bunch of fans. So that will be interesting if both <laughs> do come through that dude Lions games, and should uh, should. um they meet in the third round. Shamrock Rovers are waiting in the third round. Champions League route, or the Champions route they they took. Andorran side, Inter club, Descaldes, you know them well, Shane from last year. They are 2-0 up in their second and going into the second leg with Tuta from Albania. So this this Europa conference is full of interesting teams from all across Europe. I do want to start with the Doodle Lounge game last night though, Richie. Bohemians yeah. 1-0 winners, Ross Tierney with the goal. It wasn't on TV. It wasn't streamed. It was old school. It was someone who filming in the stands. How much did you
0: see of this? Uh, pretty much that. I saw fits and starts of the various uh, Bose administrative side that decided to stream chunks of it from the main stand in Luxembourg, which was a difficult watch, let's be honest, and it took us a while to cop on that we'd actually scored. Steve uh, Doyle had it on behind me in the office, and I threw it on myself. and I was like, Steve, we never told me we were 1-0 up. He's like, "Hurry, I think we're streams behind. <laughs> so <clears throat> that's where we were. And it's weird, like Shane would probably be the same vintage as I am to a degree, like describing streaming a match on your phone as being old school—that's not old school, ended. There was a time when we never saw these things at all. It was a time when we had to deal with the crackle of a radio, or we had to deal with a phone line down a down a TV, or it's just some highlights that were bought in an hour or two later um, from Turkish TV. Like, I, it was it was bizarre. They apologized, like they said there were mitigating circumstances, and I think. RTL, the local broadcasters there, had a camera at the stadium, essentially just to co- uh, record highlights, so just a one-camera deal. So it wasn't as if we were missing out on anything in particular. But it is strange to to be in the year of our Lord 2021 and not be able to see a match of any kind that you want on tap. Uh, but yeah, but a brilliant win uh, for Bose, like it has to be said. I think first away win in Europe since 2008. So that speaks uh, volumes in and of itself. Like That was an Intertoto Cup game against Riga, I think, back in the day. And just before that, they did a win against Real. So neither are the massive giants in Europe. Dudlange, by contrast, had actually been to the group stage of the Europa League last season. Um, they're, they're no mugs. We know to our, to our cost as Irish football fans that Luxembourg football is on the up and has been a growing force. I'm not going to say they're world beaters, but they've put clear effort and a pathway into their football over in Luxembourg that has facilitated clubs in Europe to do better and for the national team clearly to do better over the last three, four years. Uh, so for Bose to go over there, pick up a win, not concede any, uh, I think it's a fantastic result. And another uh, piece of evidence, uh, what people may have seen online this morning or last night, uh, was the was the goal, because um, that did the rounds fairly quickly from Ross Tierney. Some really brilliant pa- patient build-up play from Bose, but in particular the ball from Dawson Devoy again putting his stamp on Bose's European kind of ride and European quest because at home against Jarnan, he ran the game and he's a kid like he's no right to be running a game at the Aviva Stadium against uh, European opposition and again no fearing him over there him and Ross Tierney both young lads both through the system both through the Kevin system and the voice ball through was like you'd expect it from a 35-year-old Glenn Hoddle when he was in his dotage at Swindon. Like there was it was that kind of ease and that kind of calmness. He'd had a little stud roll of the ball before he pinged it through to Ross and then a brilliant finish by Tierney uh, to put it away. But it's great. Like to, to be talking mm. about, I don't think anybody had great expectations this year for for, for Irish teams in Europe. There wasn't seemed to be seen to be, seen to be the, the great chatter around it, usually uh, with Dundalk when they've been involved, um, when Cork City in the past and and then Rovers. There was talk that, yeah, we might get one of these to the group stages. I don't think anybody really has gone into this season thinking we're going to see a team in any group stage. If we do, it's going to be great, clearly, and we'd love to see it. But nobody was saying, oh, sure, we have to match what Dundalk have done or we have to match what Rovers did in the past. It's a case of, well, let's see how this plays out. And I think that's a, a far more sensible approach.
2: Yeah, it's one of the interesting things that Dan McDonald brought up a couple of weeks ago on the football show is how the League of Ireland can survive in a summer that has a Euros and the Olympics you know it's, it's inevitably going to fall down in what people are, are watching. I will say, Richie, though, you know, mm. I grew up in Donegal, so 20 years, you know, you have to add 20 years onto anything that we have. We didn't get the 90s <laughs> right. until the, the late 2000s. So I, I grew up with, you know, the mm. you know the old school technology just like you as well.
0: I hear and, the Summer of Love is coming to the Northwest in the, <laughs> the next 10, 15 years. So look out for that, Enda. It's a good one. Yeah, there's a couple of big uh, songs coming up from
2: Daft Punk as well. I <laughs> hear they're going to be the, the sound, sound of the of, Summer.
0: Sound of the Summer, End. Sound, sound of the Summer. summer. Yeah.
2: Shane, yeah. Ross Tierney, you know, you've you've definitely uh, come up against him a couple of times, and for for a, a kid his age, and that's what he is. He is a kid. He's he's so young at this point, but physicality wise, he can match anyone. You know, ability wise, he's he's one of the most technical players in the league. Like, how, how good is Ross Tierney, and how can get he get?
1: Yeah, I, w- I was surprised when uh, We played them earlier in the season, by the way Of all the different things you could call me in there And I uh, have uh, plenty of titles, surely the Dundalk manager one could be thrown in the bin Now, it's a bit of a stretch, so it is, so it is. We came up against them uh, We came up against them early in the year And um, I... Uh, I was very surprised when I saw his name on the team sheet. I, I didn't think he would, uh, I didn't expect him to have been a starter, um, but you could see fairly quickly why he was. Yeah, he's, he's he's a super, super bit of stuff. Now, I suppose, and Richie, you might be well-placed to, to answer like, obviously Daw- dawson devoy has just been uh, absolutely exceptional in in mm. the last month or two but i remember trying to predict the team early in the season as to and and not having ross tierney in the team and the reason i didn't have ross tierney in the team was because i had dawson devoy in the team but yeah. da- ha- why was dawson devoy on the bench so much early in the year i, I like he was outstanding <laughs> last year but he hardly featured for the first couple of months and i was thinking oh god is, is this fellow regressing that quickly in training sessions that that you know that is he going backwards? clearly he's not <laughs> mm. he's, he's come back into the side in, in recent months and he's been a- absolutely exceptional so he has and look it's just I suppose the pipeline of talent that's coming through from Bose. um, you know you hear an awful awful lot of the best young talent is is at Shamrock Rovers or, or at Pats and uh, and they do they have some exceptional young players but in terms of players coming through into the first team I mean it's just non-stop at Bose. they seem to bring through a young player lose that young player because he's been so good so he either goes abroad or goes to, to somewhere else in the league and they just replace him with another one of the young players that's come through the academy and he does equally well if not better, you
0: know? Yeah, it's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. I, I think it's twofold in answer to your question. I think uh, particularly last season it was seen as one or the other. There were there were both young lads coming through and they both liked to play in behind the striker and kind of that advanced role in midfield and I think it was a case where you're going to play one or the other and starting off this season that uh, stream of thought seemed to hold and also um, I don't want to speak for, for Keith Long but he seemed to have been favouring two holding midfielders uh, just behind that, that trio so mm. he was looking for Keith Buckley and A and and for a while it looked as if Keith Buckley was actually in danger of losing his place because they were still and it was the cause of a lot of their problems in the early part of the season they were still tinkering with the midfield and trying to find the right I'm not even to say balance but it was right blend the right blend of players to make mm. that front three and help that front three tick as well and They've stumbled across it and and, and it, it came about by, by having Dawson DeVoy play as part of that too along, alongside Buko, because he's able to pick out a pass. His vision for the game is absolutely immaculate and it's something that can only improve as well. So that's, I think, what you've seen as regards Bo's upturn, particularly in Europe because you need that kind of calmness. You need a bit of uh, wide vision. You need somebody who can see, see the pitch and then he can play with his head up and, and do very much just that. But, from the still like I'm not saying bows are world beaters. I mean that the league table, you know, bears that out. Uh, I and again mean, haven't had the best of seasons and the start was kind of key to that. But they have improved as the season's gone on. They've they've gotten it right in Europe so far. Very much saw that to be the case against the poor Stjarnan side last week. Um people are saying, and I said as well, like and blessed them last week, they weren't very good um, and that's no criticism of them, that might just be their level and that's fair enough uh, but you still have to put those teams away and for both to put three past them on a stage that they haven't played in before, I thought it was great to go away then the week after and to play, uh, like they were up against it by all accounts in the final 15, 20 minutes as they tried to hold on to that lead but to hold out for that lead and come away with a 1-0 and bring back a lead to 8,000 fans next Thursday in the Aviva is going to be something quite special.
2: Yeah, and- the development question is always something that will pop up now and again in the League of Ireland. I was speaking to Will Clark, the League of Ireland development manager, a couple of weeks ago on the show about the underage league structure. But it, so essentially, what's what's trying to do, what they're trying to do now is get underage teams for all the teams in the League of Ireland. But the St. Kevin's Boys links with Bohemians, the schoolboy link, is always going to be there. And it's proven that it's a really worthwhile thing to have. So it just seems like there needs to be a mix between the schoolboys and the underage leagues. There needs to be some sort of middle ground where, you know, it doesn't matter if they're playing the underage League of Ireland or schoolboys, that they are there is still a pathway for these type of players.
1: Yeah, 100%. and and. Look, I suppose the only thing that can stop that happening is—is is, I suppose the politics around the whole thing, and and you know maybe egos getting in the way, and and I know there's been a couple of occasions where there has been marry ups and maybe hasn't gone quite as well as as they would have hoped. Maybe I think possibly the school by club might have felt that the league of Ireland club would have tried to, to to take advantage maybe and not stuck to to previously agreed terms and that kind of stuff, but. Look, there's a couple of examples where it has worked well. Kevin's bow has been, without a doubt, the shining, shining example. Um, But I I think also, you know, when you talk, when you throw out your development question, and that the the idea of, for me anyway, the idea of uh, the best young players staying here for those couple of years more rather than disappearing at at, at 16, um, I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I really, really do. I think I think if Dawson Devoy goes across the water at nineteen, I don't know is he is he has he college aspirations or that he could even be twenty twenty one before he, he he looks to go across the water. Um, look, I just think it would give him a far 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 greater chance of, of of being a success. You know,
2: exactly. Yeah, that that's it. I mean, and it also gives the the teams a more likely chance to get you know see <laughs> what this player is going to be worth in three to four years and have a a, a sell on clause. Uh, or a buyout clause for this player because they know that you know in three four years time they're they're gonna be a senior player, they're gonna be national championships in Tim.
1: Yeah, and even even just more for the round the rounded to trying to create a rounded individual, I suppose, in terms of if he goes across and it doesn't work out and, and he comes back, stuff like that. Um Look, I I'd be a massive fan there in in the first division of the likes of of, of young Colum Whelan at UCD, um, and I know Colum has had offers. Um, Colum doesn't live live a million miles away from me here. I know Colum has had offers to 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 uh, to try his look probably kind of certainly with 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 some higher profile clubs than UCD here in in Ireland and even one or two maybe to go across the the water. Um, but he's a guy who you know he's only one year away from finishing his you know getting a degree and the whole lot and i I just think that's fantastic now you know now go and try whatever you want a la greg sloggett a la robbie benson and and chaps like that um if they can get the education alongside blender football i just think it's it's a brilliant route to go
2: yeah that's the coaching you shane compared to me you're you're thinking of the individual i'm thinking about the amount of money that we can get
0: (laughs) you make a good pair good a good director of football and a good coach yeah exactly (laughs)
2: Richie, you were in the Aviva Stadium for the Star Young game. You're yeah. are you going to be in it for the Doodle on second leg?
0: I'm not. It's it's a matter of trying to get nights off. Like uh, people would be well aware that I'd be doing the evenings and doing the bulletins either side of the show. So like, I, I, doing getting two Thursdays off out of three, uh, unfortunately, it was a bit of a stretch. Um, but the atmosphere, I can only speak to that for last week, uh, which was absolutely amazing. I, I think it was a, a case of a lot of people were there who hadn't been obviously clearly had a, hadn't been in a bose game in a long while like we haven't all been there in 16 months or more and um, there've been few who've been lucky enough to get those 100 tickets or whatever for daily mount over the course of the last few weeks um but having 6 people there like i was surprised the, the thing you worry about going into a massive stadium like the aviva like it's 50 odd thousand um is that if you just have six thousand in there and we've seen it before for say like Carling nations league games if you remember back in the day like there's no atmosphere; the place will be dead, mm. you know. And and it and it comes across. And even poorly attended or more the more poorer attended cup finals, say. But the noise inside it was unbelievable. The guys on, underneath us in the south stand made a made a fantastic racket throughout the the duration of the game. Pretty much everybody around the stand tried to do their bit as well. That's only going to be ramped up by having two thousand more fans in there. Um But it was really well done. Like it, it's a strange thing. Like it, it's it's not a sporting event that you want to keep repeating because. Like, for instance, when we were on our way in, your ticket is obviously assigned. You could only buy tickets in twos or fours or whatever. And if you had bought a ticket, with, which was the case of me, and this is a long-winded story, but I'd bought two tickets for myself and lad, and then I wanted to get another one for my third lad. And then, you know, my friend brought the other one. So it was two and two that were going to be going in together, but he was in another part of the ground. If you had a ticket for another part of the ground, they wouldn't let you scan in for that particular part for another part of the stadium so it's stuff like that is still in around and it's still very much like a, uh, a sanitised version of a sporting event and even the fact that we can't be in our own stadium kind of bears that out but having those numbers uh, is going to make a huge difference Um it did last week I felt anyway and um, the stage didn't over all the players like Shane you know yourself like the teams can go into the Aviva and they can freeze because it's a big pitch, it's a big setting, uh, and as you know, as much as you might build yourself up towards it and say that you're deserving of this stage in this arena, it can have an effect on some people, and, and it has done in the past. And I don't think it did, and there might have been a few wobbles early on, but I don't think, by and large, yesterday or last week, that team wobbled at all. But it is, it can be a pretty imposing place to go.
2: Yeah, I was I was listening to Ben Foster. Um, he was chatting, I think it was the Peter Crouch podcast, he was he was talking about um, uh, the initial return to football in the empty stadium is what it was like. Mm. And he said that a lot of the players did feel like it was, you know, they were like training ground sessions because they were in an empty stadium and they were playing. that. how big a factor is that, Shane, when you're going into these games, you know, the, the fans coming back and even dealing with the pressure? Because, I mean, a lot of these players won't have dealt with something like this in the last year and a half. So it will take a bit of adjustment.
1: Yeah and I suppose it kind of depends how the game is going doesn't it because obviously if you, if you get off to a good start and the support gets behind you well then support is the best thing in the world if you get off to a poor start and your support starts to get on top of you well then it can be it can actually kind of hold you back there's no doubt or have a negative effect on you um, look, look for ourselves last year there's no doubt it was it was it was the only disappointing element of what was an incredibly enjoyable campaign you know Playing in the Emirates in front of zero people as against playing in the Emirates in front of forty thousand people, or likewise for the Aviva, obviously there's just there's just no comparison. Yeah. Um and as the away team, it 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 definitely definitely helps. There's no doubt about that. Um but look, you've kind of seen it over the over the last couple of weeks, um, GEA-wise with you know, two and a half thousand, three and a half thousand into to certain county matches. It's amazing how much of a how much of a racket it 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 can uh, that that amount of people can create it really really is you know you used to hear uh you used to hear talk of there's no point having a a game in Croke park unless it's a full house you know the the noise is lost there's suddenly it's the exact opposite argument people are saying now people are saying it's a it's amazing how much noise a small group of people can can make in the stadium so the pose the Bose support i i think will be uh will certainly bank on themselves as being a big factor and 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 helping the team next week I really do think so yeah
2: there are other teams from Ireland in Europe this year. Shamrock no, Rovers await in the in the third round. Dundalk have a second leg to get get through next week. We will be talking about Dundalk and the Europa Conference League a little bit more after the break with Forburn Dundalk, but much more than that. Shane Keegan and Richie McCormick. Stay tuned. Team 33. This
0: is OTB Sports Radio.
2: Now you're welcome back to Team 33. End the call here with you in the company of Shane Keegan and Richie McCormick as we talk League of Ireland in Europe. We were talking about Bohemians before the break there, lads, but Dundalk were also in action last night. 2-2 draw in the first leg. David McMillan with another goal. To add to his European tally, an insane tally for a, a player like David McMillan. I mean, Shane, you would have worked with him down through the years. How good a player is he, and why why does he just prove to be the man for Dundalk when it comes to European games?
1: He proves to be the man because, I suppose, end the biggest compliment I can pay him is he's like he's he's the pro's pro. Like he's he's just he's a robot, and I mean that in in the best sense, in that. There's, there's no ups or downs with Davy Mack. Like he doesn't, you know, with certain players, if they've scored over the weekend, uh, they'll bounce into training on Monday morning. If they haven't scored over the weekend, they can come in with their shoulders hunched. If they've been left out of starting 11, they could come in with their lips sticking out. You know, Davy Mack appears into training every single day looking the exact same Davy Mack as any other day. You will never, ever, ever know whether... He things are going well or things are going poorly for him. He's he's an emotionless, he's an emotionless sort of character almost to a certain extent. Um, and he's just he's the ultimate steady Eddie, like he will you will just get a hundred percent from him every single time he walks out onto the field be it a training session, be it a match, just a thorough professional. Um, and because of because he applies himself in that manner. Um look, he took a gamble coming back to Dundalk. There's no doubt when you look at, at at the fact that that Hoobin was already there, you know, people would have been saying, why is he? Why is he coming back? Sure. He's you know, he might get a huge amount of playing time. Um, But again, his personality type meant that he was actually the ideal fella to come in, because obviously, if when, when they were losing Georgie e. Kelly, they had to replace him with somebody. So replacing him with a fella who was a say, just rolls with the punches, and you know is not going to cause you major problems if he's out of the side. That can be ultimately, uh, undoubtedly relied upon when he is in the side. And look, underpinning all of that, and uh, he's he's a great player. He's he's a super player with a real, real intelligence and a proper forward. And um, look, he, he, I'm sure he'll say he has a couple of seasons left as a player. But with my coaching hat on, um, Davy Mack teaching centre forwards, centre forward movement um and how to score goals is I don't think to be a better fella in the League of Ireland for, for coaching that some fellas are, are just pure instinct. Davey thinks about what he's doing. Um he thinks about what he's doing. He's he's an intelligent sort of a guy. Um and yeah, look, he's he, he keeps coming up Trumps on the big occasion.
2: Yeah, and he, he always comes out with some very interesting stuff in his press conferences as well when he's talking in, in interviews. Before the game, he, he had a couple of two he had two interesting things that he spoke about. And one thing I do want to get your your thoughts on, Shane, is he was saying that because this game was in Tala, he was looking forward to not playing in an Astroturf pitch. Does that Astroturf pitch hold Dundalk back?
1: You see, I suppose the main thing, whatever about the surface, the main thing is the players' attitudes towards the surface, right? If some some players will play on astroturf and they like it and they get used to it and it's a good astro and they're fine with it, Dundalk players absolutely detest their own pitch. They absolutely detest their own pitch. They hate it with a passion. Um, and any opportunity to get out of there, be it be it Tala or a, a, I mean, some of these guys would would take an away game before a home game. If they were given a, a a choice in a in a European game, if it was one legged in fact, we had exactly that last year. We had the one legged European games, and lads were genuinely hoping that we might get drawn away from home because it got them out of of, of the Astro and out of out of Oriole Park. Um, so they detested. So that did not surprise me in in the slightest. Yeah, they they um this There's no doubt this Dundalk team I think could play at a at a, at play to a better style and 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 with more fluidity if they could get off that pitch.
0: Were there ever, Shane, discussions, sorry, Enda, were, were there ever yeah. discussions when you were there about going back? Because like, clearly, like, the, it's no secret that the lads don't like it. And, and I doubt the management would would, would adore it either, uh, whether it was yourselves or whether it's Finney or, or whomever. Mm-hmm. Like, were there ever discussions with the higher ups saying, listen, nobody likes this. Can we go back to grass?
1: Um I just it does never seem to have been an option on the table, Richie. I'm not 100 percent sure why, but it's it's never not not within earshot of me has it ever been a a, a proper discussion. Um I, I genuinely don't know why. I don't know. I, I assume it's the cost, like to 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 try and turn that back into a a, a grass pitch, I assume, is, is a monumental job. Um could they improve it as an astro? Possibly. Um it, it improved briefly for a while when they, they redid the surface but it's kind of back to square one now again Um yeah I don't know
0: it's just yeah. it's just like that's that's the communication stuff that I think a lot of people would be scratching their heads at with Dundalk wondering why you know these conversations don't go on why there isn't a more open line of communication and, and, and for something as basic as the pitch and i know today they put out the notice saying they were going to start a working group looking at building a new category three stadium and jesus it's not before time but i don't know of, of all the things that they could have spent their, their european cash on for the last couple of years a playing surface seems like the most obvious thing they could have spent it on but i guess not
2: yeah, and uh, like the, they don't fully own the stadium, uh, the, so it's a, like it's a community stadium. You yeah. but 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 so is so is Tala Stadium. So I mean, there's not that that excuse doesn't really wash all that much with me. And if you watch, if say I was at the um, the Shamrock Rovers St. Pat's game in Tala earlier this this season, and it was a mm. sunny day, and they watered the pitch beforehand, and both teams were just zipping the ball about, and there was it was an, a top quality game to watch. And the fact that Dundalk have had teams that you know like to play that brand of football as well, but at home, they just can't do that because the pitch is just a little bit bobbly, it's a little bit slower, and it just doesn't play the same as as a natural grass pitch. So it's just, it's quite disappointing. But David McMillan also was talking about the Europa Conference, which is what the Irish teams are playing in this year. Shamrock Rovers go into the, the third round qualifier of this tournament, having lost their Champions League qualifying game. He was he was saying that he he feels a little bit hard done by that you know they've even brought in an extra round to qualify for the Champions League this year. He said that it feels each year there's more and more for the top teams and more and less and less for the the smaller teams. He said that there's positive and negatives. There's a high, higher chance of qualifying for this conference and in, into the group stages, but there is less opportunity to play against the bigger sides. And I guess this is the argument for this tournament is that, you know, it gives teams like Dundalk, you know, uh, Bohemians, Shamak Rovers from smaller leagues across Europe, a chance to play at a European level, but they don't get the games again against Arsenal, like Dundalk did last year against AC Milan, like Shamrock Rovers did last year and against, you know, Juventus against Shamak Rovers a couple of years ago, these massive games, you don't get them if you're not playing against playing in the competition that those teams are playing. in. so, Richie, what what are your thoughts on this? Is it better to be in this against teams that you're playing against at your level, you can mm. get to the competition, or do you want the uh, the glitz and glamour of potentially getting the Champions League once every four
0: years? Well, I don't. I, I think Dave probably has a point in that we're getting the 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 worst of both worlds, and that I, look we're not getting that we are getting matches against other teams, but you're not getting anywhere close to glamour sides, and I don't think like we can compare and contrast going back through the years, I don't think the teams that Irish sides are playing in this year's qualifiers for the Conference League are wildly different from what they would have been playing in the Europa Leagues. So everybody of a similar stature is kind of bumped down a peg on the ladder and you're still swimming in amongst the same fishes, playing the same kind of teams. And nobody's really benefiting from it, aside from like prize money and stuff, like Bows or whatever, get through to the third qualifying rounds and Dundalk do it as well. Like it's 350 and 150 each. So it's like, well, half a million both going into their bank accounts. Yeah, that's all good. But they're still f- like as far away from a group stage as they would have been in the Europa League playing against the same kind of competition when they would have had the opportunity to earn more money. It, it's, I it's it's I, I just don't see what the benefit is. And again, much like what Dave is saying, I don't see why there wasn't a middle ground. I don't, like why, why was there the jump from, and I'm sure coefficients and they'll, you know, they they get get to frame everything with coefficients, but coefficients are the reason. Obviously, the Shamrock Rovers are in the Champions League and then bumped down into the Conference League. Why isn't say the second place team in the league getting Europa League qualifier spot, and then the third place and or and the FAI Cup winners getting the conference spots, and then the champions obviously getting the Champions League and then bump downwards. It just it it seems to be an effort to keep people they would rather not be in the group stages. Like Dundocks, like your Dud Longes, like your Ludigarettes, or whomever it may be, keep them at an arm's length. Have them their own little game to play with. Let them sit at the kiddie table if you're at a wedding or you're at a family function, and they stick amongst themselves. We don't want them near us. And that seems to be the exercise because look at the quali- look at the third round qualifiers that Bows and, and Dundalk get if they get through. like It's against Pauk, who are a fairly decent Greek side, as you mentioned, have their own vociferous support and probably would have been a side that you'd feature in the third qualifying round of the Europa League or the Champions League had they won their league. Um, similarly, Vitesse Arnhem will be a, a pretty strong opposition um, in Europa League football, and that's what Dundalk will have to go up against, a really strong, organised, top-flight, consistently top-flight Dutch outfit we're not benefiting um, from this Conference League. And it's not just Irish teams, let's be honest. It's, it's pretty much across Europe of, of, of teams of a similar level. It's just a matter of opening up a new TV contract for for UEFA and, and getting more money for them. For yeah. the teams involved in it, not so much.
2: Yeah, there, there's 184 teams in the Conference League altogether. 184. That's an insane amount of, of teams to, to try navigate your way to a 32-team team uh uh group stage and then you know through the competition. So eventually it will be whittled down and you won't you you will get you know the bigger sides that are currently in the in the conference league you know you're looking at the Scottish sides Aberdeen and Hibs Copenhagen Feyenoord Austria Vienna like th- these are teams that were not so long ago you know stalwart of at least the Europa League if not being in the Champions League
0: every now and, and uh, then go- Austria Vienna are European finalists within my lifetime. I was like I was thirteen. When they were in a was it, a cup winners cup final against Paris Saint Germain, like it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Like Feyenoord, twenty one years ago against Dortmund, were in a European final as well. Like these teams, like they don't have a god given right. But again, like the, the, it, there should be just two competitions at this stage. The, the the ditching of the cup winners cup back in the day seems like a, a short sighted experiment, and it's it's something that they should have kept because it was different, you know, and it did offer it like because you could have in other countries, yes the big teams dominate in england the fa cup and to a degree they do here you just have to look at the list of cup finals over the last uh, half a decade to to prove that but but otherwise like the, the cup in, in certain countries is a crapshoot and you can end up with some randomer in there and they would have the benefit of european competition and that would be something for them to look forward to and you know, make your own cup competition worth a little bit more but just throwing everybody into the same boat in the conference league and asking them to go on, fend for yourselves it just, mm. I don't know, it's just this is a point it's, it's-
1: it's just a bit of a catch-all, isn't it? It's a safety net, essentially. So it is, and as you say, you do get some very good sides in it. But just the the pure numbers you've tried, I didn't realise there was that many in it. And I think if you win this year's Leinster Senior League, you qualify for the Europa League as well, or the, the Europa Conference as well. Yeah. Come on, but, up, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, look at the end of the day, it's it's money makes the world go round, as they say. And uh, like, if the clubs, um, if the clubs are coming away with. Uh, are happy with the money that they're coming away on the back of it with um, which is I, I think they still probably will be that's that's going to be the main reasoning behind it
2: Yeah well it's, it's 3 million if you get into the Europa Conference group stages 3.68 million if you get into the Europa League uh, group stages so the disparity that's what UEFA will hold up as you know we're giving the t- lesser teams the chance to make as much money but I mean but they're, but they're, more not, but, but they're more difficult they're given, to get
0: to this they're giving lesser teams uh, more of a chance to make less money because 186 teams aren't qualifying for the group stage you know the majority yeah. of them are having yeah. out the first qualifying round second qualifying round third qualifying round and they're making you know tops for most of them half a million so like it's not money that you'd sneeze at in this country in particular but for, for others they probably scratch their heads and just go wonder what what the effort is for. Like Spurs are going into this later on in the year, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah like I think so. Like yeah. They, they'll be looking at this. Like with all due respect, like they'll be looking at this as an absolute pain in their arse. Like, you see, that's the
2: thing. The, these bigger sides will not want to be in this. They look no. at this with with absolute disdain. So why are they in it? Yeah, that's like, the question. Why is why are why are they giving spots to the big six leagues?
0: Because their league spot determined that they will get into it. But it, it but there's no point in that's the thing that I presume that the Conference League would be is that the top tier of sides so you wouldn't have someone like it would be a big European competition but you wouldn't have say Premier League Syria Bundesliga um, La Liga even Portugal maybe um, you wouldn't necessarily have that strata of league finishes coming down into that competition because then you're making it more difficult for the sides that you're actually trying to benefit whereas if they just had less, without wanting to have the Champions League be a Super League in, in all but name but you know that's what they're trying to do. That's what they're trying to do with, with appeasing these 12 teams to try to break away is let them have just the top two competitions and let the others uh, involve themselves in the Conference League. But no, everybody has to still have to dip their toes in it.
2: Shane, from a coaching perspective, if you were managing a League of Ireland, say, going into this Conference League, would you not be happy to be in the Conference League as opposed to the Champions League because you have more chance of, you know, you're playing against teams of similar standard? But I guess you're not coming up against those glamour ties. Like I, I know playing against Arsenal was such a big thing for yourself, and you, you've spoken about that. But would you prefer playing against Arsenal once every five years, because that's how often these ties come around, or would you prefer continually playing, you know, against good level opposition that you can actually beat?
1: You see, the answer to that question probably we we depends on where we're at in four or five years' time. So in four or five years' time, have Two to three League of Ireland sides consistently qualified for the group stages of the Conference League. If they have, then yeah, you probably would take that. You would take that over one club qualifying for the Europa League group stages once, as you say, once every five years. Problem is, are we comparing qualifying for the Europa League group stages once every five years to qualifying for the Conference League group stages once every three years? Like that's not really progression, so it's not. Um, if 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 League of Ireland sides two to three League of Ireland sides could make the group stages, you know, every year or even every second year, and and really really get kind of consistent exposure to European football, then yeah, I do think that that would be a good thing. Um, it's just it's, you know if you look at the quality of, of sides that that teams are going to have to to beat to get into it. Like you know, as I say, you suppose taking on Vitesse, that's that's a seriously seriously tough one now. Rovers have certainly got to look at a draw right with their one, um, which we saw last year, obviously drawing them ourselves. But yeah, look, if, if, if it meant playing in group stages on a regular basis, then, then I, I think Irish football coaches in Irish football would love that. I just have my doubts as to whether we are going to see it on a regular basis.
2: Before we finish up with this discussion, Richie, from a fan's perspective, Mm -hmm. because I I just did a poll on on Twitter earlier on to get a a grasp of where fans would uh, lie on this topic. A lot of the fun with playing in Europe is going to games in places that you might not usually go. You know, it's it's going over to a random spot in Bosnia or or Croatia or somewhere in, in Belgium. From a fan's perspective, could this be good? Because, you know you you're going over to these far stretched places for a bit of crack and you might actually win the game and you you're going to these old school grounds there's more mm-hmm. of a you know there's more of a league of ireland feel about it you know
0: so it's something for the romantics yeah like i but like any away trip is is going to bring that a, a, a team a team supporters if they have been lucky enough to go away from home, it's because their team has done really well and that's been the reward in one part and so you're getting the reward to the reward in being able to follow your team, whether it's to Arsenal even if they get beaten, whether it's to you know Austria-Vienna even if you get beaten it's to go over to a place and follow your team and fly the flag for your particular club somewhere abroad I think the winning and losing almost when you're on away trips is, is, I'm not going to say immaterial, but it's not the thing, you know, you go to you go for the experience, you go to see your team in Europe. Um, you go for the, the for the stories that come out of it. I mean, if if people are curious as to where Holme Now and Johnny Logan came to be, you know, synonymous with Bose, it came from a trip to Trondheim. Um, oh, yeah. I think nearly 20 years ago now, at this stage, and a friend of mine, Stephen Doran, was at it, and he said that they were sitting around a bar, I think, and some local Norwegians came up to them and was like, Where are you from? And like Ireland, and somebody went, Oh, Johnny Logan, and someone started saying Hol Me Now, and lo and behold johnny logan is suddenly above uh, icon. so it's those little wonderful bits of happenstance that that come from away trips and i'm sure people from cork and dock and and rovers and limerick even and, and god knows who else probably have their own stories as well but i don't know just just getting to go anywhere like the travel thing is, is one thing uh we're obviously kind of a bit hamstrung in what we can do at the moment but getting to go anywhere and support your club away from home is uh, is a pretty special experience Yeah, well, hopefully they do get to a couple of games. Shane, I know you have
2: to run here. So before I I let you go, you know, Shamrock Rovers, as we mentioned, they're playing against, uh, potentially playing against uh, Inter Descaldes from Andorra. Dundalk came up against them last year. What do you expect from them? Do you think Rovers are good enough to beat them? I'm sure they, they, they would fancy themselves anyway.
1: They're good enough to beat them, but they better get ready for the play acting. (laughs) Um, Oh my God, I've never, ever come across anything like it. It was incredible. So it was, and it worked for them. It worked. They managed to, they got Andy Boyle sent off on us uh, for definitely the most, the worst red card I've, I've ever been involved in. Um and then I think we saw a good bit more of it when, when Ireland played Andorra there recently, didn't we? We, we saw yeah. them dropping like flies and rolling around the place, uh, which can be extremely frustrating, extremely frustrating. Um they'll also get to come up against the international football icon that is Adafonce Lima, of course. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, what a what a guy, what a guy he's um He's still going strong uh, So he is uh, Exchanged a few messages With him coming up To the Ireland And and uh, and Dora game
0: He seems um, like a character Is he?
1: Ah oh, he certainly is And and, and like Richie I've, I've, I've said it before I think it was in Maybe chatting w- With yourselves there One day Like <laughs> I was doing my video work On them coming up to this And this guy Like Obviously enough Given his age He, he can't He can barely move Like he, he You know <laughs> His legs are well And truly gone and I did this big reel about how his legs were gone and how we were going to get at him and how we were going to take him to the cleaners and blah, blah, blah. And he was the best player on the pitch. He was absolutely <laughs> outstanding. He's just... uh It's the old Paul McGrath one, isn't it? Uh, you know, you might be able to get from A to B quicker than me, but I don't start at A. Um, And that's that's Lima. It's just his reading of, of where he needs to be and everything is absolutely outstanding. So... uh yeah, look, they'll they'll. But look, they should have they should have too much. Um, really, they had only probably one player of quality, Saldivia, uh, who should have been playing at a at a higher level, apart from Lima, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's look, it's a good draw for them. They should be, it should certainly certainly be looking to come through that.
2: And Richie Bowes against Dudelange next week already. You have a, a goal advantage going into it. I should have mentioned as well, Irish an Irish side has come up against Dudelange Lines before. UCD took UCD, on yeah, a, a couple of years. Well, it's a good while ago now, and they got in through the fair play rule when they were still playing first division football. It's uh, one of the stories we did here on on Team Three 33 uh, about a year and a half ago. So if you want to check that out, you can get it on podcast. But do the Lions next week in the Viva Stadium. Georgie Kelly, hat-trick again?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Georgie Kelly is going to be called up for Ireland. He should be called up for Ireland at this stage. I mean, there is no other Irish goalscorer in the form that Georgie's in at the moment. Um, but realistically, like, I, I'm not putting this to bed yet at all because... Dudlange have uh, proven over the last decade that they are a solid European outfit at this level. And I mean, between round one and round three qualifiers, they can they can cause damage to teams away from home as well. And I'm just hoping that we do have enough quality on the pitch. We don't, like the Longford result was a worry for me, say last weekend, because they changed 10 of the team or eight, sorry, nine of the team and performance definitely dropped. They need to be able to operate at a consistent level going into next Thursday uh, to keep the level that they had against Jarnan against a poor side last Thursday to put away a decent side in Dudland uh, last night and then again to keep that up for next Thursday. If they do that, if they can marry that with what's coming from the stands as well, with the noise that's going to come from 8,000 supporters inside the Aviva Stadium, like they will get over the line and then off to Greece they'll go and that will be a fantastic draw for them and, and who, knows there, who knows where from there, as Peter Drury might say.
2: Yeah, well, we'll know better next week when we see Dudelon Do- take on Bohemians in the Aviva Stadium. If you're going to that match, enjoy. And Dundalk will play Levadi as well in the second leg. Hopefully, they can come through because the more Irish sides we're getting in, going forward in this competition, the better that the more chance we'll see them in the Champions League over the next couple of years. That's that's how it works, anyway. Shane Keegan and Richie McCormick, thanks very much. Cheers, lads. Here's Enda. All right, we'll take a quick break. Now, you're welcome back to Team 33. So, that is all we have time for on this evening's Team 33. Thanks as ever to you for listening. If you want to listen back to any of that show or if you want to catch the podcast that I mentioned, it's UCD against Doodle Lounge, the One Night in Doodle Lounge podcast is available in the Team 33 podcast section in the OTB Sports app or on the website or wherever you get your Team 33 podcast. You can get that. It's a really interesting lesson. And if you want to find out what Doodle are about or how UCD came about playing them when they were in the first division, then you can check out that podcast as well. You can find us in the OTB Podcast Network. That's the best place to find us these days. We'll be back again, same time, same place next week. But until then, take away Johan. (laughs) (laughs) we <laughs>
0: So far you've heard my voice But then I brought two friends along Next on the mic Is my man Jerk. Come on Jer Sing that song <laughs> David Tyler ah, Subscribe now To the OTB football podcast stream Wherever you get your podcasts And download the
1: OTB sports app